MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the sports betting network. Welcome back into the Pro Football Blitz right here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you and one of our favorite portions of the entire NFL weekend. It is our number two of the program, and we bring in Jeffrey Benson and Derek Stevens of Circa Sports. Of course, Derek, uh, the owner of the D and the Golden Gate and right here, the Circa Resort and Casino. And it's the time of the program when we reveal the consensus picks for both Circa Survivor and the Circa Millions contest. Gentlemen, welcome back. Week 11. Can you believe, what's it, about eight weeks before we have the sweat party, Derek? That's right. That's right. It's getting close. Uh, the season's flying by. I know. I can't believe we're more than halfway through at this point. I mean, we, we build up so much in the offseason, and here we are week 11. But, uh, gosh, I mean, the last three weeks have been carnage in Circus Survivor. Yeah, I mean, Survivor, uh, I mean, we were over 2,000 entries still alive uh, three weeks ago. And, uh, boy, uh, you know, wiped out uh, – when you wipe out the number one consensus pick a couple weeks in a row, it, uh, it starts diminishing pretty quickly. All right, Jeff, we'll start with you. This is week number two, correct, of the uh, quarterly contest for Circa Millions? Correct. So this is the second week of the third quarter, as you alluded to. Uh, and then just a couple of housekeeping notes uh, in terms of the overall lead. Uh, we have two people right now. They're currently 38-12 and 12, uh, through 50 picks, so hitting right about 50, 76%. Uh, so two leaders right now with 38 points, uh, and they're about a point and a half ahead of the 
not too shabby, 76%. Uh, they're on quite a pace, and especially through 11 weeks. That's really amazing. Yeah, 38 and 12 is really amazing. It's it's enough that I know that tomorrow morning I'm going to uh... – I'm going to jot down both of these uh, both these contestants and, and watch their plays. I mean, it just has been consistent. I mean, they both went four and one again last week, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and uh, to to have two two uh, contestants that are tied, but they're up a point and a half. I mean, it's pretty. It's actually kind of a sizable lead when you think about this many entries. You know, James uh, Salinas and I, we we tied. I, I had the highest winning percentage ever when we won the Super Contest, and James tied me a few weeks uh, or a few years later, and then it was eventually broken. Uh, C.H. Ballers hit 76% when they won. James and I both hit 72.5%. So this guy at 76 through 11 weeks, I mean, you, you and, and you just said he went 4-1. and one. They just keep doing it. I mean, you would think it would fall off eventually, but we aren't seeing it. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously as you expand the fields and the yeah. fields get deeper, uh, obviously, you know, you're going to have a couple people who run into just historically great seasons. And, you know, that's certainly what we see with the two top of the leaders who are sitting there uh, through 11 weeks. All right, let's get to the consensus five, the top five most popular picks in the Circa Millions. Mr. Benson. So they are as follows for week 11. Uh, the Colts plus seven versus the Buffalo Bills. That was the number one overall selection. Uh, that had a total of 1,155 picks. Working our way down the Vikings plus one and a half versus the Green Bay Packers. That was the second overall choice with 1,128 selections. The Ravens minus four and a half with Lamar Jackson being questionable versus the Bears. That was the number three overall choice with 1,107 selections. The Dolphins minus three versus the Jets with 1,076 selections was the fourth most popular choice this week. And then last but not least, the Seahawks plus two against the Arizona Cardinals with a total of 1,050 selections. So to recap, Colts plus seven, Vikings plus one and a half, Ravens minus four and a half, Dolphins minus three, and then the Seahawks plus two uh, as your top five consensus picks here in the Circa Million in week 11. I think that's a pretty interesting list, James. I kind of expected the Vikings to be there. That seems like a very popular side this week going against the Green Bay Packers. You and I talked about the Dolphins and the Jets and uh, pretty much uh, not a lot of love there for the Jets at any time. So no surprise there to see the Dolphins as one of the most popular picks, but I'm a little surprised by the rest of them. I know you like the Colts. Are you surprised to see that at number one? Well, I like the Colts plus the seven. And a lot of times, sometimes you're betting teams. In some cases, you're betting numbers. In this case, I'm betting the team with the good number plus the seven. I think the one that's kind of surprising to me is the Ravens. Now, I know that Chicago is really banged up on the defensive side. Linebacker, their front seven is really decimated right now going into this game against the Baltimore Ravens. But the status, the, the status of Lamar Jackson, they did just bring up Trace McSorley off the practice squad. He is active on that 53-man roster for Sunday's matchup in case he's not there. They usually do that unless uh, there's some issues with the quarterback position. So something to keep in mind, Al, but that one I think is probably the most surprising just with the fact that we just don't know the status with Lamar Jackson. Jeff, is this unusually heavy where we have all five selections over a thousand people on that side? Have you had that more than once this season? Yeah, I would say typically you, okay. you see that. And obviously, as you work your way deeper into the season, a lot of that stuff's going to be a little bit more condensed. Um, obviously, with certain games, there's just much more popularity on uh, when you look at both teams. Um, and then obviously, you look at some of these other matchups that maybe aren't as popular, um, you know, you know whether it's the Bucs uh, or, or some of these teams that have bigger spreads as you work kind of your way down. 
um, and, and those you know aren't as popular choices um, as maybe the spreads that are single digits. Uh, that's certainly been something that we've seen overall so far in the first 11 weeks. Are you guys seeing, now that we are into week 11, we're obviously getting pretty deep into the season, contest play becomes, I think, more scrutinized and how people want to employ game theory versus just you know how they might just go to the window and bet. I imagine early in the season, th- this is similar what you see at the window. Is it different now, or are you seeing these teams bet at the counter as well? Yeah, I would say great point. I, I think, obviously, as you get later into the season, and particularly in the latter half of the weeks of the quarters, I think you maybe see people pivot a little bit. Um, and obviously, if you know that you're X amount of games behind, whether you know it's, it's for the quarter or for the season long, you know you kind of have to make up some ground. So I think you'll see a little bit more contrarian play later in the year. Uh, as opposed to maybe you know consensus stuff early in the year, um, but it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the year plays out. All right, Derek, Circa Survivor. What was it? One seventy-two people still remaining. Uh, we have one seventy-three going in. Okay, uh, going into uh, week eleven here. So, yeah, I guess theoretically every ticket's worth a little bit more than what uh, thirty-three thousand dollars right now. Uh, as this as this keeps escalating. So yeah. So this week. Uh, this week, obviously, the number of selections, the, the, the nominal number's down just because there's only 173 left. Um, the number one selection, which uh, um, you know, I think everybody can understand, would be the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. This yep. is uh, going against your Lions once again. Absolutely. <laughs> which, which is kind of interesting after, took after everybody out. After right? the Lions took, took so many people out last week with their tie against the Steelers, um, the, uh, the individuals that did not. Um, go against the Lions, you know, they are, are still eligible and they're coming back thinking the Lions might have played the game of the year yeah. last uh, last year, um, last week, I mean. So Browns with 88 selections, so more than 50% of the pool um, is Cleveland. The number two selection this week um, are the Tennessee Titans with 38 selections. Number three were the Tampa Bay Bucks with 22. New England Patriots uh, with 11 selections and the uh, L.A. Chargers with five. There's five more uh, five more teams that were selected. So overall, there's a total of ten teams that were selected. But uh, those those are the top five in uh, in this week's uh, Circus Survivor. You know, James, we were talking about this last week, and uh, you and Derek were kind of going back and forth on whether or not this. We were talking about you know strategizing, keeping teams around for Thanksgiving. Obviously, that's coming up in Week Twelve next week. That's that's two separate weeks of Circus Survivor. We were talking about Christmas as well. I mean, do you guys, is it a favorite now that we will not make it to Christmas? Um, I don't know about not make it to Christmas, but I would say, uh, you know, I've been asked uh, over the course of the last week, um, is it going to take something to go, is somebody going to go 20-0? And I said, right now, I think someone going undefeated and going 20-0, that is now the underdog. I I, I don't believe someone's going to have to go 20-0 to win Circus Survivor. So I do think after seeing what's happened the last few weeks, if I'm a current entrant, I am definitely evaluating the pot a little bit differently. I may now value a week, like for the, the week 20, week 19, the last two selections, maybe differently. If I had someone circled for the last two weeks of the season, I may not have them circled anymore. I would focus in more on the near term and then deal with it later because 
there's there is a, a good chance you're not going to have to get to the end of the year to finish up the Survivor. I think that's a great point. I, I don't play in Survivor, but that is absolutely interesting. And James, I'd like to hear your take on that because I, I think you're right. It's probably a favorite that we won't make it all the way to the final week. Nobody's going to go 20-0, and or at least that uh, looks likely right now. Uh, would you look that way the way Derek's talking about? Maybe you've got the Buccaneers, a couple of powerhouses kind of penciled in for the final week. Maybe you use them sooner if this contest is expected to expire sooner. You have to. And thinking about what, when you're down to just 173 folks, or I guess no love for Tim Boyle tomorrow for the <laughs> for the Detroit Lions rolling out there. But not only for thinking about all the way to Christmas in a few weeks, I'm just looking ahead. If you look ahead past or past Thanksgiving into week 12 for the Sunday matchups, I don't know. Are we going to have I don't think we're going to have any double digit favorites out here. And these are some really tough games we might see not only after this weekend more. So I think most of these are going to survive. I, I can't see Detroit being able to go in and, and beat beat the Browns in Cleveland. But next Sunday, I think that's where we talk about carnage every week. And I know there's not that many entries left here, but I think that's of all the weeks now that we've gone through week 12 come next Sunday, the November 28th. I think that is going to be a really challenging week. It's going to be really interesting to see where those numbers lie after next Sunday. Yeah, James, I, I completely agree with you. I think uh, I think uh, the way you, you evaluate it is right on. Hey, I do want to make one public service comment. Maybe, Jeff, you want to make it here. This is a very special week. We've had two good weeks where no one's uh, no one's missed, uh, missed their entries. But obviously, with the schedule next week, things change. Jeff, you want to update everybody? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, next week uh, will be the first holiday week for us. Uh, it'll be Thanksgiving week. Uh, so if you do... Uh, you know, or make it through week 11 and obviously you're heading into week 12, you know, please make sure that you make your Thanksgiving pick on time, that you go online, that you read the rules, you understand the deadline uh, and make sure you get your picks in. Uh, obviously, if you're lucky enough to, uh, you know, get through Thanksgiving, uh, then obviously you'll be on to the weekend as well. Yeah, two separate weeks, the Thursday games and the Sunday games, and hopefully you make it out of there and on to week 13 in the NFL. Gentlemen, have a great weekend. Thank you, as always, for joining us here on the Pro Football Blitz. Thank you very Thanks, much. Thanks, Brady. All right, that's Derek Stevens and Jeffrey Benson. We'll be back diving more into the Week 11 card right here on v I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of Pro Football Blitz is brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zinn nicotine pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head on over to zinn.com find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com find. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you. And uh, always love that segment with Derek Stevens and Jeffrey Benson unveiling what kind of we've all been wanting to find out all week long. Now we just need to know what the results of these games are going to be as we head into NFL Sunday. But the consensus five, pretty interesting there, James. Once again, the uh, Indianapolis Colts, the number one most popular pick in Circa Millions, followed by the Vikings, the Ravens, the Dolphins, and the Seattle Seahawks off of that shutout loss last week at Green Bay. And then the most popular pick in Circa Survivor, the Cleveland Browns. Very important to note what Derek and Jeff were talking about, James, the deadlines and such, and the way this contest runs, uh, Circa Survivor specifically. Uh, it is two separate weeks. You have three games on Thanksgiving Day, Thursday of next week, and you have to pick a team uh, for that separate week, if you will. Then you have another selection for Sunday of Thanksgiving week, week 12 in the NFL. So week 12 really is broken down into two separate weeks in Circa Survivor, and we were talking off air before we came back on, James. You wonder how many people have the Dallas Cowboys left in their Circa Survivor arsenal because they will likely be about a touchdown favorite 
over the Las Vegas Raiders at home. And that would certainly probably be the most popular pick just for that isolated three-game set on Thursday. Absolutely. You think about how Dallas and short week for Las Vegas and what we've seen out of the Raiders the last couple weeks and all the distractions. So many things that they've had to to go through off the field and deal with. And and, um, for the last really what the last six weeks or so, starting with John Gruden. So, yeah, going into Dallas, who's left, though? Who how many folks have left? How many folks are going to be relegated to? uh, I mean, you want to make a call on Buffalo going into New Orleans on Thanksgiving night? That's a tough matchup. Tim Boyle. Danny Boyle, Dave, whoever, whoever, whatever <laughs> Boyle it is for Detroit. I mean, you're going to go with Chicago and no linebackers going in there. I mean, who, depending on who you have left and you may not have those, you may not have the Cowboys left to your point. Yeah. You may see a lot of folks getting up early for the, sh- for rolling with the bears on Thursday. And yeah, definitely. I think with only 173, if you're one of those 173, you've probably read, reread and reread those rules multiple times. So I think you're probably hopefully dialed in understanding that it is in a sense two weeks within this one week coming up Brady I was looking at Sunday I know you're good about putting numbers putting numbers together and being able to make lines I looked at Sunday's games that I think next week is really going to be the challenge like we were talking about I don't know most of these games seem like they're going to be three points or less so many big divisional games probably some really short road favorites going and going into the I think that's going to be whew, these next these next not only for not so much for tomorrow but I think not only Thanksgiving but also next Sunday man it's those numbers uh, that's where the numbers are really going to decrease and maybe that that uh, the sweat cast might have to be <laughs> moved up a little bit earlier and maybe that has to start November 28th that was awesome. I got to host the uh, sweat party at the D last year, and Derek and I were down there watching all these fans. The, it came down to the very last week, as I'm sure you recall. Circus Survivor went all the way to the conclusion of the NFL regular season in 2020. Uh, so that one was kind of easy to prepare for. But uh, this week, boy, we, we might have to uh, prepare for a sweat party pretty quickly on a dime here. Yes. We will see. Yeah. Uh, Very important also the deadlines uh, for this next week. First of all, you have to get through week 11. But uh, for next week, the Circus Survivor deadline will be Wednesday, the day prior to Thanksgiving at 10 p.m. Pacific. Now, Circa Millions will be unchanged. Uh, It's still going to be 3 p.m. Pacific on Saturday. Of course, if you want to play a Thanksgiving game, these are not separate weeks in Circa Millions. You can certainly play one of the Thursday games. That will obviously have to be in by 10 p.m. Pacific on Wednesday, the night before. Uh, James, let's move back to the card here, and this is one of the most popular picks in the Circa Millions consensus top five, and that is the Baltimore Ravens. Now, in the contest, they are four-and-a-half-point favorites, and we've seen this line bounce around a lot. I I tell you, I I think if you're a Baltimore Ravens fan right now, things are getting a little too interesting uh, for this team and in the AFC North division race. You pointed out, a while back, how uh, physically and emotionally taxing this Ravens schedule was for the first part of the season. In the last four weeks, they have crushed the char- they yes, they crushed the Chargers, and then they get crushed by the Bengals, and then they go to overtime for the third time this season, just escaping with a win over the Minnesota Vikings, and then they go down to Miami as an eight and a half point road favorite and lose to the lowly Dolphins, twenty two to ten. So. The roller coaster for the Baltimore Ravens really hasn't changed. They're in the role of the road favorite here again at Soldier Field in Chicago. The Bears are off of a bye week. 
Ravens are six and three. Bears are three and six. I made Baltimore a seven and a half point favorite before we knew about Lamar Jackson's illness and whatnot. Currently, they are a consensus five point favorite with a total of 44. Your thoughts on this one, sir? You got to know the status of Jackson. The fact that they just announced earlier on Saturday that Trace McSorley being called up, he is being activated from the practice squad onto the 53-man roster. Now, doesn't mean he's going to be out there, but anytime you're bringing up a quarterback from the practice squad, it's got to raise a red flag to say, well, maybe he's not as healthy as what he said. He he was out there. He did practice on Friday. Did Lamar Jackson not on Wednesday or Thursday due to an illness, not COVID-related, they say, so just some other kind of flu bug. Who knows what's going on with him? But he said he feels fine, but you're going to bring up a quarterback. That just got – I mean, you have to be concerned with that, not only for the quarterback position – Brady, but they've got some other injuries. It's a, it's already been announced. Hollywood Brown is not going to play in this game. He's the best receiver, most consistent receiver that we see down the field as far as taking the top off the defense. We know Edwards, Edwards is really the top receiver, but being able to take the top off the defense, not having Brown there, it's going to condense the offense, All going to condense that passing game some more. And I think to the other side, it's just hard right now with Chicago Bears. That front seven is really beat up. We know Khalil Mack just went on injury reserve. He's going to have foot surgery. He's finished for the season. They'd put Danny Trevathan on injured reserve as well. He's not going to be playing in this game. Akeem Hicks is out for this matchup. He's really the space eater in the middle for the defensive tackle and their run defense. It gets good pressure up the box on the quarterback position. So, yeah, I just think there's so many injuries on both sides. And we know the Ravens, they've been suffering through injuries all season long. They're injured list. You look at their IR list, you're going you're, you're gonna to give yourself carpal tunnel having to scroll up and down on your mouse to look at that list. It is really <laughs> lengthy and long. But you got to figure the Ravens are coming in and really salty about how poorly they performed against the Dolphins. And they were going to have a flat spot. And to your point, Brady, it's just so hard to sustain that high level of play, that energy, that intensity, that focus, especially when it's a short week. You're going on the road. You're playing a poor, uh, a bad Miami Dolphins team and complete no-show from the Ravens. And not only no-show from an energy standpoint to get started with the game, but where were the adjustments in that game? No adjustments to be made on the offensive side for the Ravens. And that's where the struggles were. They just couldn't didn't contend with with the blitz packages that kept coming from. I mean, a lot of DBs were blitzing off the edges coming after Lamar Jackson all day in that backfield. No adjustments whatsoever from that Ravens offense. So are we going to be able to see that from the Bears do the same type of thing? They're not really a blitz heavy team. And the fact that they're really banged up on that front seven, it's a tough matchup here. I think for me to get involved in this game, Brady, I'm going to have to wait till the inactives come out to just confirm not only with Lamar Jackson, but so many other players, because there's a lot of questionable players, too, outside from the ones that we mentioned that are not going to be on the field in this matchup. Hitting the rookie wall. Something to think about here, James, with these NFL rookie quarterbacks. And, of course, we have Justin Fields here in this game for the Chicago Bears. Since 2015, rookie quarterbacks who were starters by week three of the season and have records of 500 or worse, they are 29 and 64 straight up, 33, 55, and 5 against the number from mid-November on. Another interesting note, teams that play on Thanksgiving Day. We brought this up earlier with a couple of other teams that will be playing on on Thanksgiving. Since 2015, teams that are scheduled to play on Thanksgiving, they're 25-11 and 11 straight up, 26-9-1 against the spread the week before, including 6-5 and five straight up and 10-1 and 
against the spread as an underdog. Again, I don't know why this is, but Chicago, of course, will be playing on Thanksgiving and is an underdog this week. Another interesting note to think about here is trying to figure out the offense that Baltimore offensive coordinator Greg Roman throws at you. Greg Roman, offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. He is 25-2 and straight up, 16-9-2 against the spread when facing an opponent for the first time. This will be Chicago's first time facing Greg Roman's offense. An interesting note there, Mr. Salinas. When we come back, we will dive into some more of the Week 11 NFL cards still on the morning portion of the slate, the afternoon coming, and then, of course, the Sunday nighter and the Monday nighter as we roll along right here on the Pro Football Blitz on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get an extra helping of football with Madden Holiday Madness. Play for free in three fantasy football contests and compete all Thanksgiving weekend for a share of $15,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash EA Madden now to get in on the action. That's EA Sports. It's in the game. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions may apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome back to the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you. James, let's talk Philadelphia Eagles and New Orleans Saints. This ought to be a good one. Philadelphia is 4-6 and six on the season, and they have won two out of their last three games. New Orleans is at 5-4 and four on the season, and they have lost two straight, falling to the Falcons at home and then also to the Titans last week in Nashville. I actually made the Saints a one-point favorite in this game, and that was figuring that Alvin Kamara would be in action. Now, it has since come out that he will be out for this game, but yet another week, once again, we are seeing the money pour in on the Philadelphia Eagles on Friday night. They got to as high as a three-point favorite, still are a three-point favorite here in some shops. The consensus number, currently Eagles minus two and a half with juice at minus 120 as a home favorite with a total of 42 and a half. I think it's a really interesting game, James. Is Philly going to get your money too, or are you going the other way, or are you staying away from this one altogether? I don't know if it's going to get my money as far as firing one on the account here, but it did get my contest play. I did take the Eagles both in the Super Contest and the Circa Millions. One, I think the, the Circa was one and a half, and Super Contest was two, so below that three right there. And really it's because uh, a, a few reasons. Let's talk about the Eagles first. And the transformation that we've seen with this Eagles offense over the past three weeks, they've really evolved. And re I think they figured out we can't have Jalen Hurts back there throwing the football 35. 40 45 times per game we've got to have some running we, we've got to run the football and that's exactly what they've done the last three weeks this Eagles offense they've gone from Hertz throwing the football 35 plus times a game to just 18 times because they are rushing the football they have led the league the last three weeks in rushing the ball they've rushed for over 200 yards per game the last three weeks and on 41 attempts so they are they're committing to banging the football I think probably the 
the the best unit on this team is that offensive line, and they're showing it, and they're utilizing it and pounding the football. And I think that what that does is it really puts it's really advantageous for Hertz. They're playing ahead of the sticks, so that if they are in third down position, it's third and short. Are they going to run? Are they going to throw? We know Hertz can also throw the run with his run the football as well. But I think when you're playing third and short, that makes it so much easier for this offense to be able to convert. And that's exactly what they've done in those three weeks. They've led the league in third down conversions at over 50 percent each week. So very I think that evolution of this offense starting to run the football, more power football for this Philadelphia Eagles team. Now it's going to go right into the teeth of that Saints defense. That's what they're great at. They are great against the run. So it's going to be interesting to see that matchup here. Uh, The Saints run defense versus this newfound Philadelphia power run game. But that said, there are a lot of issues on this Saints offensive side. You mentioned Alvin Kamara will not be in this game against the Eagles. They're also really beat up on the offensive line. We already know left guard Andres Pete. He is out. Both starting tackles are also going to be out of this game for the New Orleans Saints. So a lot of moving parts up front, and I think that's really going to make it hard. We know the injuries on that offense. We know that Trevor Simeon's had to step into the quarterback role. No Thomas. Just a lot of really devoid of playmakers. So how are how are the Saints going to be able to sustain drives and continue to move the football and help keep that defense off the field? I think that's where it starts. It's going to be that Saints offense really, I think, is going to struggle to be able to maintain any consistency on the offensive side, keeping the ball, playing a little keep away from that Philadelphia Eagles run game. And I think over four quarters, the fact that you're going to start to see this Saints team really start to wear down, I think, because not so much that the defense can't hold up their end, but it's going to be the fact that they're on the field so much because it's the Saints offense, that banged up offensive line, lack of playmakers there to be able to move the sticks consistently and put points on the board. I think they start to wear down being on the field as much as they will be with that Philadelphia Eagles run game. I can see why the money's coming in again this week on the Philadelphia Eagles. No bet for me as of yet sitting at the three, but definitely contest play for me in both contests. Yeah, the Saints with all of their injuries really scares me. I I did end up making a play on the Saints, uh, teasing it up to plus seven and a half. I teased it when they were plus one and a half underdogs. Uh, Of course, they're higher now, but got through the key number of three and seven. So on the right side of seven there, plus seven and a half. If you look at the Eagles, they destroyed the Detroit Lions. Okay, so what? They, They lost to the Las Vegas Raiders and were really throttled in that game and lost to the Los Angeles Chargers just a couple weeks ago. And then they go in and knock off the Denver Broncos, who were in that role. They were kind of fat and happy after going into Dallas and really taking care of business in a big way against the Dallas Cowboys. And then they're thrust into the role of the favorite, and Philly caught them. And you make the point about Philadelphia going to the run game. We saw the Eagles really establish the run last week in Denver with Jordan Howard and Boston Scott. Well, the problem is, and you talk about the injuries on the offensive line, uh, not so much on the defense. And the New Orleans Saints, James, they present the number one defense against the run in the league. Yeah, and I think that's where it's going to be won and lost right there in the trenches. I just think for me, the Saints, the lack of offense, I think there's just going to be a lot of three and outs. I don't know how they sustain drives. You don't have any playmakers out there. You know, do it all, everything. Kamara is not going to be out there on the field. They've been dropping a lot of passes to have the New Orleans Saints with Trevor Simeon. I think they're still trying to get on a rhythm and get their timing together with Simeon having to be the new quarterback for the Saints going forward with Jameis Winston gone for the year. I just think that's over the course of 60 minutes. The fact that Philadelphia is committed to running the football, that power game. I think even though the Saints are terrific at stopping the running game, 
you just start to wear down when you're constantly on the field having to play physical football and you're not getting off the field, being able to have any kind of rest because your offense is going three and out. These guys aren't even going to have time to take their helmets off. They're going to go to the bench, get right back out on the field. I think it's the offensive struggles for the Saints that I see in this game as to why I, I fable the Philadelphia Eagles in this matchup. Yep, that certainly makes sense. Uh, I mentioned that I made New Orleans a one-point favorite in this game. My deeper number crunches have the Saints as three-point favorites and also at a pick em. I mentioned I did take New Orleans up to plus seven and a half in a teaser. The hottest team in the NFL these days, James, is the Tennessee Titans. They are 8-2 and two on the season. They've won six straight games, and they lead the AFC South division by three games. Life is good in the Music City right now. And here's where it gets interesting, however, in week 11. The Houston Texans have won one game. They won their first game to open the season. They have lost eight in a row ever since. They're coming off of a bye week. And you and I talked about this a little earlier in the show. Next up for the Tennessee Titans, guess who? The New England Patriots in Foxborough, the Tennessee Titans to face the Patriots, and, of course, Mike Vrabel facing his old head coach in Bell Belichick. So I made this number 13 in favor of the Tennessee Titans. It's really been at 10, kind of been frozen at 10 all week. Currently it is 10 with a total of 41.5. If there's a spot for Houston to hang in there and catch the – fat and happy opponent looking ahead. This would probably be it, James. Do you have the guts to take the ugly dog here with the Houston Texans? <laughs> I'm going where that stink is. There our buddy he did. Reynolds he made like it. He did it. <laughs> I am. I'm not doing it for the full game because I that number was at ten and a half. I dropped to nine and a half, so I didn't get the best number. Anytime you're talking about ten or ten and a half, and it's sitting at nine and a half. I missed the best number with it. So I played the first half plus six. It was plus plus 100, so even money on the Texans plus six. So we talked about the Titans and the terrible scheduling spot, not only from the, the, the big game next week, the following week in Foxborough against Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, but if you look at the schedule and you think about where Tennessee has been the last five weeks, really high-level competitive games, and they've been winning those football games, so good for Tennessee, finding ways to get out there and not only compete each and every week, but take those games down. You think about uh, back on November 8th or October 18th on Monday night, that Buffalo game came all the way down, basically that fourth down right there around the goal line that they were able to stop the Bills and win that football game, hammer the Kansas City Chiefs the next week. Then they go on the road, win at Indy, big divisional game in overtime, go out on go out to Los Angeles on that Sunday night and really throttle the Rams, and then a very physical competitive game against the New Orleans Saints that came down to basically a two-point conversion at the end to win it. Now you're going to play a bad Houston team. They are coming off the bye for whatever that's worth, but it's a bad Houston team here. Yeah, definitely going to be an emotional flat spot, I believe, for Houston or for the Tennessee Titans, excuse me. But the other piece here, too, is you talk about being fat and happy. Well, they're a little iced down, and they're a little wrapped up sitting in the ice tubs right now because they are so many players out for the Tennessee Titans in this matchup. They're down three linebackers, Long, Dupree, and Evans. They're all ruled out for this game. We're you know, on the offensive side, no Derrick Henry, no Julio Jones, as well as they're going to be without their right guard. Nate Davis is out, tight end, blocking tight end. Jeff Swain, he's going to be out, as well as scat back McNichols. He's not going to play in this game either I just think with the injuries coupled with where they've been over the last five weeks and a big game showing up next week against the New England Patriots I'm going to take the Texans but not for 60 minutes I'll just trust them to be more energy more focus in the first half plus the six for the Texans plus 100 
often a good way to go. Just play the underdog in the first half. Sometimes they don't have the firepower to last the full 60 minutes. Since Derrick Henry's season came to an end, the Titans have been outgained by 109 and 203 yards in those two games. This is a triple revenge game for the Texans. NFL teams with triple revenge are currently on a 130-86-4 against the spread run. That is 60%. That situation is already 2-0 against the number this season. We'll be right back with more. It's time for our best bets on the Pro Football Blitz. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. 
The VSIN Black Friday offer is here right now. When you sign up for our $99 midseason football special, you'll also receive a $20 credit in the VSIN store. Get all of our expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the football season, plus $20 to buy VSIN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry, this is a limited time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at vsin.com slash subscribe. I wore my uh, VEASAN shirt you can find in the store there, plus three and a half. One of my favorite numbers in the NFL, right, James? Getting three and a hook? Absolutely. Three and a half, seven and a half, too. So I have I have that three and a half. I also have the seven and a half shirt. So a little karma. Maybe I'll wear mine tomorrow, depending on where my bets end up at the end of the day. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, let's go over some of those best bets. We just talked about uh, the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans, and you mentioned you're playing the Texans in the first half, plus six points at even money, and that is certainly one of your best bets here uh, for the segment. You also took the Vikings, a stab on the Vikings uh, at a pick in the first half, and you know this is something that I often forget about, but when you make a play like this, it reminds me. I, I believe, James, just in general in sports betting, and I think you can play this really across all sports, uh, whether it be basketball, uh, college football, betting that underdog in just the first half of a game. Uh, because, I mean, they're an underdog for a reason. Maybe they won't last and stay close all 60 minutes, 48 minutes, whatever it is. But betting them in the first half, I think, can be a very responsible play. Especially thinking about where this where this rolls up. We talked about Houston. I don't know if I trust the Texans to be able to compete and execute for 60 minutes, especially the fact that I missed the 10 and a half and it's down down to nine and a half. I'll take the six in the first half and just compete for 30 minutes. Let's call it that good for the dogs for that dog's sake. They're clearly overmatched. But here with the Vikings, the other thing for me here is thinking about the setup of how this matchup. Now, we know it's a huge divisional game, and it's going to be a high-level game for sure on both sides. But I think about the Packers, and that's really what I'm betting against is I'm betting against, in a sense, Aaron Rodgers, as crazy as that sounds. We know what a a tremendous player he is, but with the – with him being out with COVID a couple weeks back, as well as this week, he was on the injury list with a toe injury. He didn't get out there until Friday and was very limited in practice. So truthfully, honestly, looking back, he uh, it's been reported that he hasn't had a full-length on-field practice with his teammates since October 22nd. So you got to get out there. You got to get reps. You got to keep your timing sharp. And I think that's just difficult when you haven't had your best player, obviously, Aaron Rodgers. And not that he's the one that, oh, well, he's really rusty. He hasn't played and hasn't practiced for a while. We know he can step it up and get out there and compete. But we did see some of that rust last week against the Seattle Seahawks. Not a good game offensively for the Packers in that matchup. The fact that, again, really didn't practice and get in tune with his teammates again this week. I just think that's a lot to ask to go now on the road and get catch up in real time and that's really where it's going to be now can they compete can he come back and can they win this football game we know that Aaron Rodgers had spectacular sensational games against the Minnesota Vikings in years past but I'm just betting that first half more so because I think for the for the Packers really haven't had that time to to practice together with Aaron Rodgers and then the other side the Vikings they get off to quick starts in six out of their last seven games. The Vikings have led at halftime. So I like where this adds up here. I kind of lean towards the Vikings to win this game outright and, and cover the full 60 minutes. But in this case here, I'm just going to go with the first half as a pick 'em. 
Let's talk about another one of your prop bets that I find interesting, and this is not a game we have talked about at length just yet, but that is the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Las Vegas Raiders right here in Las Vegas. And you've got Joe Mixon, the running back for Cincinnati, over 16 and a half receiving yards. Yeah, and thinking about Mixon, what are they go what are the Bengals gonna do offensively? Coming off their bye. Joe Burrow, as as great as he is, what a gamer and a gunslinger that he is, he's not afraid. He's going to fire that football down the field. He's not afraid to take chances, and he tries to fit them in those small windows. But I think they've had some time to go back and look at the full season for this offense because Joe Burrow's been sacked 25 times through the first nine games and also thrown 11 interceptions because he's trying to fit, those, fit the ball in such short windows. And then you think about the matchup here with the defense for the Raiders and, and a lot of cover three, a lot of mixed cloud, cloud coverages, some cover two, a lot of cover three that the Raiders run to really protect that back end of the secondary, which is not very strong. You can attack the seams down the field, and we know Burrow's going to do that, but you also can attack the flats, and I think that's where Joe Mixon will get more involved. They did that the last two games prior to the bye, both against the Browns and the Jets, who play a lot of soft coverage too, and that's where Mixon really started to find himself as a receiver. Those two games against those soft shell coverages, he had nine receptions for 104 yards combined in those two games. So I think they're going to find some ways to get Mixon more involved, not just through the running game, but in the passing game, because those flat routes will be there against that Raiders cover three. All right, let's take a look at some of my best bets this week, and I'll start with one that kind of ties into your plays as well. We talked about it earlier in the program. You like the Colts catching seven points, and then you also like Jonathan Taylor over 73 rushing yards if Tremaine Edmonds is going to be ruled out on that Buffalo defense. I took the Bills in a teaser, a six-point teaser down to minus one, with the Vikings plus eight and a half. Are you okay with both of those numbers? I, I think with the Bills, it, it comes down to, I just, the thing that concerns me with the Bills is just the health of that team. We talked about Edmonds, and he, he's, the, he's the leading tackler, that linebacker. I just don't find, like, the, the strength of the Bills' defense is that secondary. I know the rush defense, it's, it's one of the tops in the league statistically, but they haven't faced a power football run game like they're going to face against the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday on the defensive side and then the offensive side there's question marks for me with the Bills with the shuffling that's going on on the offensive line it's not a very physical offensive line to begin with but now your left guard is out you're moving your right guard over to right tackle because your right tackle just came down and he's on COVID protocol so he's not going to be out there so just some concerns with me on that front for the Bills offense because I think the the strength of this the strength of that Colts defense is going to be that front seven in particular that front four getting after the quarterback and we saw that a couple weeks ago against the Jacksonville Jaguars now it is the Jaguars it's not a good football team, but they were very ferocious with their pass rush, getting after Josh Allen, forced him into a lot of bad decisions. And I'll take the Colts front four over the Jacksonville Jaguars front four any day. I just think that's going to be a tough matchup for the in the trenches for this Bills team. They're going to have to find some. It's a very finesse team in my mind, going against a very physical power football team in the Indianapolis Colts. It's going to be won and lost in the trenches there, and I favor the Colts in that matchup. All right, let's look at another one of my plays, another six-point teaser. I took the Saints up to seven and a half. Now, you can get them all the way up to plus nine now. It's not, you know, the the, the Wong teaser, if you will, the, the traditional teaser, the most positive EV, you know, that a lot of people will talk about is going through the three and the seven, taking an underdog at plus one and a half or plus two and a half up to plus seven and a half 
or plus eight and a half. Now, three is typically not as profitable, but still, you can get nine points now rather than seven and a half or eight and a half points. Uh, I have the seven and a half with the Saints and eight and a half with the Dallas Cowboys. That number has remained pretty static all week. The Kansas City Chiefs favored by two and a half. So, what do you think about that one? Saints at seven and a half with the Cowboys at eight and a half, James. I mean, we were talking about the Saints, and just, again, the injuries really concern me on the offensive side for the Saints. No Alvin Kamara again for this matchup, so he's the do-it-all back. He's not only running the football, receiving the football, he does it all for the Saints, and they're really devoid of playmakers. They're down to Trevor Simeon having to throw the football, but my biggest concern is that offensive line and all the injuries up there with no left guard. Pete, he's out, and both starting tackles are not going to play in this matchup. Now you're going to go on the road and have to play a Philadelphia front that I think that evolved. It's not a great defense for that Philadelphia Eagles I do like that front four though they are very physical up front and I think that's where the Saints are going to run into some problems offensively being able to sustain drives and then the Eagles on the other side we talked about it their their newfound running game a commitment to playing power football going right against the strength of the Saints defense that is tremendous at stopping the run that's where the game's going to be won and lost but I'm just concerned with the Saints offense not being able to sustain drives and really starting to see that defense having to stay on the field for a lot of plays and a lot of drives over the course of four quarters, do they start to wear down? That's the key to that matchup for me. All right. Do you like this one the best? My third and final one. I went six and a half point teaser here just to get this one to key numbers in both cases. I took Washington up to plus 10 with the Jaguars up to plus 13. I think for both of those games, I don't think we're going to see a lot of points, especially in that Washington game. Uh, the defense, you know, banged up on the defensive line now. Chase Young is out, so is Montez Sweat. But Lockett, Washington, plus the 10, I think it's going to be a struggle for the Carolina Panthers to score, even though Washington's banged up and it's not a great defense. What are we going to see out of Cam Newton? It's going to be a very conservative game plan. My assumption is going to be very physical. It's going to run the football with Cam. You're going to see a lot of Christian McCaffrey banging it there. I think that clock's going to run pretty quick. So getting the 10, I like the side there with the 10. And then the Jaguars, you pumped it up to 13. That means you got Double doors, double back doors are open there. Can Trevor Lawrence, if necessary, be able to drive down for a late garbage touchdown? I like at the 13 for sure. Uh, maybe there's an opportunity to get there because I don't think they're going to have to get there. I think they can compete within that 13 for sure. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, double the spread. Six and a half points uh, traditional, and we double it and take it up to 13. When we come back, one more game left on the early portion of the Sunday card as we roll on here on the Pro Football Blitz at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.